Hello there, my name is Jordan, you're listening to The Senshi Study, a podcast where I drag my friends in to watch, discuss, and analyze every Magical Girl anime to learn what it takes to become a Magical Girl. Class is now in session. So today's study buddy is my friend here, Silver Maxis. Hi guys, I'm Silver Maxis. I run a podcast known as the Toku Roundup with my friends, um, and I am a big uh, tokusatsu buff, and my friend Jordan has asked me to uh, join him on this little voyage to watch... It's, it's not a voyage. It's a magical quest. It's, it's an a, adventure. It's an adventure? Okay. But yeah, he's asked me to join him for... What are we talking about today? Uh, as far as I know of Magical Girls, but specifically Sailor Moon. Ah, Sailor Moon. But before we dive into that, do you have any experience with a lot of Magical Girl anime? Literally any of them? Not exactly. I mean, I've wa- I've watched a little bit of anime, but never really any sort of Magical Girl. I think I've watched, like, the first two episodes of Madoka Magica, which isn't saying too much because, you know, it's episode like, three. That It's also like saying, hey, I'm really big into an- or I'm really big into mecha anime, and the only one I've seen is Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> and three episodes of it. When you have a lot of these subversive anime, they aren't really good representations of the what the medium's about. Fair or enough. The genre. I think the closest thing, though, to magical girl anime I've ever gotten to is Miraculous Ladybug, mm-hmm. which it, which I personally really like. It. It's just it's just filled with that superhero cheese and stuff. Well, shows like uh, Miraculous Ladybug, Star vs. the Force of Evil, and Steven Universe are heavily inspired by anime and especially Magical Girls. Yeah, makes sense. So we talked about how we're going to start in with Sailor Moon, and I think this is a really big one because when you hear Magical Girls, you kind of expect this, right? Yeah, yeah, you definitely expect this sort of thing. It's like, it's definitely that Sailor Moon is one of the forefronts of shoujo heroes, mm-hmm. kind of like how... When you think superhero Japanese superheroes in anime or tokusatsu, the first thing you normally think of is Kamen Rider. Yeah, so you got mainly you got your Power Rangers, and you're thinking for your muscly dudes. You got your Goku's. Yeah, exactly. And you got so your Naruto's. Like, so it's like Sailor Moon is kind of the trendsetter. Yeah, they were never the first of this genre, but they're the ones that really made it popular, especially in the West. Exactly. Now. It's interesting that we end up bringing this one first because there are kind of different subgenres of Magic Girl. So we have our main teams like Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. but we've also gotten the very highly saccharine, sugary, happy, cutesy girl types that we normally imagine. This is your, your glitter force. Yeah, absolutely, your glitter force or your other pretty cure series. Yeah, <laughs> and these are your like this is what you normally expect. It's like oh, this is like a little girls show. It's like that's that's fair. Uh, the other ones we expect these days, though, also get the oddly dark that in a post-Modica world. Yeah. Now, we'll, we'll probably get into those someday. With yeah, pro- magic- probably not with me because mm-hmm. I'm because I'm very much the type of person who prefers to watch those kind of action-y shows of, you know, superhero teams and whatnot, which... Which this is. Yeah, Sailor Moon, it, that, it, that's what it is, you know? It's a female superhero team, and that's one thing that I really like about it. Yeah. Now, when we have these other darker ones, we have our Magical Girl site, we have our Yuki Yuna as a hero, and I'm, and we also have the Magical Girl Raising Project, mm-hmm. just to name a few within the past few years. It's, it's a weird trend, but for Sailor Moon, it's kind of like a more um, feminine Sentai series for super, or Super Yeah, exactly. Series. 
And Although we don't really start off with with a Sentai team, we just start off with Sailor Moon. Yeah, so I it's think definitely interesting. Yeah, so Sailor Moon is the obvious big pilot for us to study. All right, mm-hmm. so with a quick break, we'll go talk about Sailor Moon. There are actually three ways to watch Sailor Moon. Oh yeah, there is. Um, you can watch it subbed, which, you know, is always the way. Well, not always the way to go, but sometimes it's the only way to go. So yeah, outside of subs, we also have two different dubs. There is the original in the 90s. Yep, and... um, yep by, by the in- unfortunately named Dick Entertainment. Yep. And we also have Viz Media, which is the more modern one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the earlier one in the 90s is a big example of localization, and we'll get into the talk of localization a lot more later. Hmm. Last, I guess there's kind of a fourth one, and that's the adaptation of Crystal. Oh, yeah, but we'll get to Sailor Moon Crystal eventually. That's another adventure for another time. Yeah. Okay, so without further ado, let's dive in. Yeah. Episode one. Um, I forget what the episode title is. It's, uh... Huh? Crybaby Usagi's Beautiful Transformation. Yeah, Cry- so... yep. Crybaby Usagi's Beautiful Transformation. So we did say Usagi. Yes, and not and not Selena. Yeah, and so I think that's, if it's not obvious, we're going to be going through the Viz dub because I'm interested in seeing how they ended up modernizing it. Mm. And it's a little bit of this in-between of nostalgia and the original story anyways. Yeah. So it's interesting how it's going to feel. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting going to the Viz media because, you know, most people are used to hearing Selena and Mark and whatever the other characters are named, you know. And first thing that happens when we start up the episode outside of Toei Animation, which we know for a lot of big hits. Yep. And after hearing that beautiful name Toei, we hear the even more beautiful theme song. Fighting evil by moonlight. But not that version. Wait, what? No, no it's it's all subbed now. Sorry. Damn it. They well, that up, sucks. They sang the whole song in Japanese because this is a kind of like a, this is not a full adaptation, it's a translation. Hmm. So a bit of a shame there for wanting to like just drink that nostalgia juice, but hey, it's still a, a beautiful theme and I dig it. It is really good. I will admit that, even though, like, I do like the English lyrics, even if it is really cheesy, but it's the kind of cheesy that sticks with you. Kind of like the original Pokemon theme. Yeah, we have to enjoy that 90s cheese. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the episode, Crybaby Usagi's Beautiful Transformation. God, that's a long title, but that happens a lot in these translations. I'm like, big title, subtitle. Well, it mainly has to do with how Japanese is read, because... With few characters, they can limit it down to to how simply it is spoken. Yeah. Like, something that's super duper long could just be, like, one or two words. Mm-hmm. Not just audibly, but visually as well. A lot of the kanji makes it really concise. And I think it's because Japanese has a very large uh, information density compared to English. Yeah. So we start off with our first look at Usagi. And she's late for school. Yep. So she ends up just, like... Waking up, panic, late for school. Her parents are just downstairs, kind of expecting better. Yeah. And she's just rushing out, and then she's already forgetting her lunch as her mother reminds her. And she forgot her toast. Yeah, so one thing that's really surprising to me is it should be a, an industry standard that a anime protagonist should leave home with toast. But no toast. Yeah, it's like even Pop Team Epic did that, although then after she was running with her toast, she got hit by a truck. Not, the, the, the person from Pop Team Epic, not Usagi, because yeah. Usagi forgot her toast. That's a season two thing. Yeah. 
It's like it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. like and and you know you, you expect the sort of anime cliche from uh, from it, you know. But I I like the idea of coming out with toast and it getting more and more elaborate meals as you continue on in future episodes. Yeah, it's like like you get like oh here we have our. Uh, we have toast, and then it becomes a sandwich, and then a nice omelet, and then in the future, like, a whole bowl of a nice lobster bisque with cream <laughs> on top. I love the idea of these becoming fancy and more elaborate meals as she's just running out in the, <laughs> with a platter and everything. But unfortunately, for, she forgot her toast, so we can't have that. No, it's it's just not going to be a thing this time. God so. damn it, Usagi. This is already a very subversive anime. Yes, yes, indeed. And, and, and it's weird, because it's the first anime. Well, not the first anime, but... You've heard it here first. Like, starting in the 90s, the very first anime was Sailor Moon. <laughs> Don't at me. This is true. <laughs> so she leaves home and sees a cat being beat up by children. What? What jerks? Who would beat up an innocent cat? What did they ever do to to, to them? They're also really confusing jerks, because after she tells them off, there's a band-aid on the cat. Yeah. These, these kids put a band-aid on the cat. <laughs> it's like, wh- wh- okay, it's like... You beat you beat the cat up, but you have the decency to put a band-aid on her head. Yeah. And then she um removes the band-aid and then you see the crescent mark. And he's like, oh, a bald spot. Yeah. I have a I have a personal headcanon that she tore off the band-aid so quickly that she made the bald spot like waxing. Oh, <gasps> it's a waxing moon. Oh my god. <laughs> You're right. That's amazing. Okay, so she's she ends up like interacting with this cat, and this cat ends up jumping off, and she realizes Oh god, I'm still technically late for school. Yep, and so she gets to school, and the teacher is, of course, there to scold her. Uh, to be fair, she was really late. Yeah, and and then hands her her test, in which, uh, which okay, this this line yeah, just right we, here. Yeah. Either they spoke it wrong, or we both simultaneously yeah. just heard it. She, but Usagi exclaims, 3%. But it clearly says 30. Yeah, it's like, unless that... Uh, Unless that test is out of a thousand, you did not get three percent. And 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 even if you did, then like, because because her two friends Naru and Umino come over, mm-hmm. and and they and they're like, and Umino's like, oh, I I I didn't try as hard. I was a little lazy with this. And he has a ninety-five. Either that's really good, or if if we're following Usagi's logic, or if we're following the logic of this test being out of a thousand. He did terribly on it and got a 9.5%. Yeah. To be fair, 95 is a much higher quality F than 30%. Or 30 <laughs> points. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I honestly think that she's just so bad at math that she just thought it was a 3. Yeah, probably. Like, Because we see later in the episode that the, that her mom says it's a 30% when it when she said it was a 3%. So I'm, so I'm willing to just think that she's just dumb at math. I would have loved it so much if the mother just screamed, 30%, and Usagi's just like, oh, 30. <laughs> That's a bigger than three. <laughs> have you had, growing up, do you have people like Umino who's like, oh, I didn't try at all, but still got like 95? I was that person. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> We're ending this. Oh, no. But, so they end up discussing a little bit as friends do after school, and then she, um, her friend, was it Naru? Naru. Yeah, Naru talks about this superhero in town, Sailor V. Sailor V. And how she's this costume, this beautiful costume crime fighter who goes around town and works with the police. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's like, yeah. An interesting thing about Sailor V is that um, she was actually the prequel to Sailor Moon. 
yeah, she was part of a one-shot for um, before Sailor Moon, and the writer was just like, this is dope, gonna write more of it, fans want more, I have an idea. Yep. Hold my beer, this is gonna be great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're getting off topic here, okay. So, so I, Sailor V. Sailor V, and apparently she stopped some jewel robbers. So. Yeah, and Naru's like, oh man, they... They, she stopped a whole bunch of jewel thieves, but I can imagine why they'd want to go steal jewels. They're so pretty. Which I'm just thinking, like, okay, don't don't talk about how much you want to do crime for one. Yeah. And for two, we learned this later in the episode. Her mother runs the jewel store. Yeah, it's like you don't really? need to. You don't need to rob the store. You can just ask your mother. Exactly. So that's terribly concerning. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to go to the jewelry store for stuff. Oh, that's right. And and then and then we cut to deep underground in, oh, yes. in in generic dark lair number three hundred and ninety-four. Yeah. Just like seriously, what is up with villains yeah. and having a dark lair? Can't yeah. you add a little bit of light to it? Yeah, it's oddly poorly lit, and I just imagine like outside of the light of the crystal ball, everybody's stumbling around. <laughs> Every, exactly. Everywhere is just black or some kind of shade of dark blue or dark purple. I think the only other light is like there's this weird statue of an anglerfish. Yeah, it's like, what? Okay. But yeah, we get introduced to our main villain, Queen Beryl. Yes. So there, there's, in this part right here, in this scene, there are a lot of special nouns being thrown, or a lot of proper nouns being thrown out. Yeah. So we learn about Queen Beryl, yeah. and she's trying to go find this silver crystal thing. Yes, the legendary silver crystal. The legendary me crystal. Yes, the, the legendary silver Maxis crystal. <laughs> and she's trying to... There's this dark master or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this dark lord or whatever. Yes. So, yeah. Apparently he's going to bring balance to the force or something like that. Yeah. And and we have uh, and we have this guy, Jadeite. Who, yeah, which actually reminds me, again, with the force, very controversial, the last Jadeite. <laughs> So she has this main general, Jadeite, as well, on top of our list of proper nouns, and she wants him to go find some other proper noun um, characters to go help gather human energy juice for their leader, because... <laughs> the good old human energy. Because until they find the silver crystal, human energy juice will suffice. Yeah, it's like... If you can't find a real silver crystal, store-bought will do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we're getting all soil and green in this thing. Yeah, so they're they're looking for that human juice. So, where were we? I think now they go over to the jewelry store. Oh yeah, they go over the to the jewelry. So they go over to the jewelry store, mm -hmm. and and you know Naru's mom is there, and it's like mm -hmm. you know everybody's like being like, oh look at all these jewels, they're so pretty, and yeah. oh, and, and she's got a megaphone and is doing some crazy Black Friday level like mobs around the store. Yeah, seriously, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then she ends up seeing um, Naro and Usagi, and then she ends up make Usagi ends up finding these jewels she likes. It's like, oh, how much are these? I was like, well, they're on sale for was it five hundred five five hundred thousand yen, but it'd be for three thousand for thirty thousand. Yeah, and how much is that? Um, that that translates in real in, world American dollars. Yeah, so five hundred thousand would be um, you just divide by a hundred, so it'd be five thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, it technically it's a little bit more dodgy, but at this but very roughly, very roughly. And yep. then, so 30000 is about $300 for something that's Yeah, dying. exactly. So $300. So she just screams like, 30000 And then that's like, attracts over this huge Black Friday crowd over to her. Mm -hmm. It just tramples her down. Yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. but yeah, and, and yet Usagi does not have that kind of money because, well, she spent all her allowance already. Uh, to be fair, $300, I mean, yes, that's 
yes, that is um, that 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 is relatively cheap. But at it's, the same time, it's a great deal. But you're still spending three hundred. At the same time, <laughs> I don't think that a fifteen year old girl in the nineties would be able to afford that on her own. She'd have to save that money up. Yeah, and she talks about how, well, she did so poorly on her test. She got 3 or 30%. Yeah. So it, her parents it, won't be very happy with that. Take your pick on which one it is. What if the mother's also bad at math? It's, oh, her, it's hereditary, and she <laughs> she also reads it as that. Oh, my God. Uh, but no, she actually reads it as, as, as the... But anyway, so Usagi gets upset at the test and throws it in the air, and it ends up landing on the head of our of our main male protagonist, Mamoru. Yeah, I, yeah, and he he's a jerk. He, yeah, he's, he's he's a guy who looks like a '90s punk. He's got I mean, to be fair, jacket, glasses, purple pants. <laughs> his purple pants, but yeah, it's like, well, I mean, for one thing, she did he did get hit in the head with with uh, with a piece of paper, and he like so. unfolds it and reads and is like. 30%, which I guess does confirm it's 30%. Yeah, it is 30%. Unless he's also bad at math. <laughs> oh god, everybody's bad at math in this universe. Mm-hmm. So he unfolds like 30%, and then it's. I'm, I'm glad we were immediately introduced to this possible love interest who immediately starts negging her. Yeah, seriously, just it's, it's kind of, yeah. So yeah, he's a real jerk face, and then he, uh, he proceeds to call her the worst thing you can call a kid in the 90s, Bunhead. Bunhead. <laughs> So she's she's not thrilled about real meaning and everything like that, and she's gonna go stomp on her way home. Mm-hmm. And then I believe we uh, what happens next? I believe that we cut to her house, or yep, do we her house and her mother? Yep, her house and her mother. And yeah, and and something that just was absolutely ridiculous that I saw in this in this uh, in this part was that her mother's just holding this this like. She, spatula. She's wielding the spatula. And it's like, and she's holding it, and it seems like she's gonna whack her for it. I was, I was almost expecting her to beat Usagi with that, because this was yeah, the 90s. Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But she doesn't. She yeah. just gets real she, angry. She, she just throws her outside. Yeah. Which, to be fair, um, when I was 15, having to go outside would have been an actual punishment. Oh, jeez. But yeah, so Usagi is kicked outside, don't go home for a while, and then uh, then she gets harassed by her brother as well. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, so he's he's being a real jerk, kicks her as well, which reminds me, like, I really like the voice acting in this dub. Yeah, it's pretty good voice acting, it, it, I'll admit. It feels modern because it is modern. Yeah, it's like, you know, I know that, like, back in, like, the 80s and 90s, like, the voice acting tended to be horrendous. I mean, I think the only real exception was Pokemon. You know, well, Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. I think those were the two exceptions. Yeah. But it's like nowadays we have such amazing voice actors like Vic Mignogna, Yuri Leventhal, to Johnny be fair, Bosch. It's, it's so many, but at the same time, it's not because it's almost always the same ten. It, that that's fair. That's fair. But at the same time, they're good. They're though. they're good. They're yeah. very good. We we got quality. So yeah, and then we cut back to the jewelry store, and things are not going well there. Yeah. Because these jewels are sucking all that human juice. Yeah, that, that that human juice, you know. So all these people are starting to pass out and lose energy. Nara's looking at her mom like, should we call the ambulance? Mm-hmm. And we get a dramatic turn. Mother, turns out, is one of these baddies right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, which is pretty dark and something that I actually kind of like that we have relation to a relationship of the main character. Yeah. And in which they're trying to exploit that in some way. So it feels like... This villain is very intimate, and I kind of like that. Yeah, and, well, one thing that happens is that 
is that we find out through dialogue that Naru's mom is actually locked in the basement. Yeah. We never see Naru's mom, but... She just lives there now. She just lives in the basement. Yeah, she's like, I got kidnapped and shoved into the basement. At first it was terrible, but then it started to become cozy. Oh my god. Anyways, and so we then cut to Usagi finally in her room, and she's like, uh, today was so terrible. I'm just gonna sleep it all off. Yeah. Which is, again, if I were 15, that'd be my solution again. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, you should be doing your homework. God dang it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason the shielding got 30%. Or, or 3%. I think for now, we can probably confirm by now that it's 30. Yeah, it's, it's probably 30. Okay, so she starts to fall asleep, take her daily naps, and then the window opens, and it's the cat. It's the cat. Yeah. How did the cat get in here? Bigger question, how did it close the window? <laughs> I know, that's weird. It's like it, it just closed the window. Yeah. So that was surprising. And then she ends up being woken up by this cat. And it's a talking cat. It's a talking cat. A talking cat? <laughs> talking cat. A talking cat? <laughs> exactly. Oh. Uh, was that a John Tron reference? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. And apparently this cat basically says that that Usagi needs to be this hero or something. Usagi just kind of is like... Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, she she isn't convinced, but then the it's cat... It's just a dream. But then the cat gives her um, gives her a uh, gives her a pendant mm-hmm. and tells her to say, Moon Prism Power Make Up. But one thing I really love is the reasoning behind this, because she's like, oh, this will convince you. I, as a talking cat, will prove that this is not a dream by pulling <laughs> out jewelry and giving it to you for free. That makes it more real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently that makes it more real. It, it doesn't. So then she copies the words, and bam, we have one of the most beautiful cinematic cells that they're going to repeat for the rest of the series. Yeah, just this transformation into Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. So we get the beautiful transformation, as you know, as in the episode title. Yeah. And or, yeah, of Crybaby Usagi. Mm-hmm. And now she's transformed, beautiful superhero and everything like that. And it's like, okay, wow, weird costume and everything like that. And she's <laughs> like, and you need to go stop the bad guys. And she's like, uh, what? And then she, and then her buns go off. Yep. It's, a, it's a bun alert. The bun radar, yeah. The bun radar. Yeah. So like they're in her hair buns, there are these little jewels right here. And you see them, they're like blinking with like glowing lights and these like little sound pulses you can see coming out of them. Mm-hmm. And it, her, as her spidey senses go off, she can hear Naru in trouble. Yeah. And so she goes to... She goes to save Naru because she's like, I have to save my friend even if this is a dream. Yeah, I mean, being a superhero dream is pretty mm-hmm. nice. But yeah, so she goes over to the jewelry store and sees that everybody here is kind of like passed out. And there's this evil woman who's currently choking Naru. Yeah. Naru's mom is choking Naru. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like, wow, they went there. Yeah, they, they did. Well, to be fair, it was a different time. Now the 90s when it was okay to choke your children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and so Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon's doing her whole thing of, you know, she's like, I'm Sailor Moon. In the name of the moon, I punish you. And then, mm-hmm. and then the villain just gives her this look of, what? what? <laughs> yeah, just like, who is this person? Like, they've only heard of Sailor V up to this point. Yeah. So we can only assume that hearing Sailor Moon for the first time is like, oh, I get it. This is the, like, knockoff asylum version of Sailor V. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, like, it's like, yeah, this is just some kind of joke. And to be fair, she does perform like a joke. Yeah, because it's like, she she rises these people up like zombies and they go to attack her. And it's like, um... But one of my favorite things 
is that you have these crowds of people who like go at her and she dodges out of the way. But there's this one woman who strikes her with a broken bottle. Yeah, well, and I love this. Yeah, she tries to she tries to hit her with a broken bottle, and it's like just like one just one side tries to tackle her, the other side t- tries to tackle her. One comes at her with a freaking broken bottle. So I just imagine like when this bad guy makes this command, there are these people going after her, but one person in the background has a wine bottle, smashes it against the table, and it gets ready to shank her. That is hardcore. <laughs> that is pretty hardcore. And I really hope that like drained minions for the rest of the series will always have like somewhere a broken bottle. Yeah, well, unfortunately, as we'll see in the next episode, it's that's not the uh, case. But yeah, so she dodges the way out of this broken bottle, but now she's on the ground and she's beat up a little bit. And then she, there's a rose. Like, ass, it's Cat Noir. It's the other one. Uh, oh, Tuxedo Mask. Tuxedo Mask. And what does he say to her? She said, stop crying. Okay. And then she keeps crying. <laughs> My God. And then... As she cries, it gets la- the crying gets so loud that all the baddies have to cover their ears in pain. Because he says, stop crying. Crying will not solve anything. Preceded by her crying more and solving everything. Yeah, just like, okay, yeah. Ah, oh, tuxedo masks. Our, 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 our heroes, our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Tuxedo mask is so useless. And then he leaves. He just leaves. Yeah, and then... Uh, it's like, you, you didn't do anything. He gave some form of advice. Yeah, he didn't even hit with the rose. He missed. He missed. So then Luna ends up saying, say these words right here and you'll be granted great power and whatever. Yeah, and, and basically it activates her finishing attack because she says moon tiara action. Yeah. And summons uh, like summons the destructo disc, basically. Yeah, so she uses the destructo disc, slices this enemy in half, problem solved, and the enemy just scatters into dust. Huh, anybody else reminded of Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, so she got frieza right there. But then this <laughs> dust, before we even have a chance to sweep it up, disappears. Yeah, it's like, well, that's convenient. It's really convenient. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay, so that entire thing's wrapped up, and then we just go flash and Yep, we end off the episode with Usagi trying to sleep, and everybody's like, man, this dream that we all had together, it was so weird. You know, this, this dream that all of us simultaneously had when we woke up in the jewelry store. Yeah. Weird. It's so weird, you know. Nobody's mentioning that they all woke up in the jewelry store together with yeah. the same dream. Yeah, that's that's weird. Hint, if all of you experienced the same thing, it probably wasn't a dream. Or there's mass psychosis. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's crazy hysteria coming out within the city. Yeah, and so, yeah, that was the first episode of Sailor Moon. So, uh, what were your thoughts on it, Jordan? This is so silly, and I love it so far. It, it's definitely very silly. All right. Anyways, so, yeah, that was the first episode. Shall we move on to to episode two? All right. Punish them. The House of Fortune is the Yoma Mansion. Jesus Christ, that's a long title. That is a very long title. Title, subtitle. Okay, so episode two's title is Punish Them. The House of Fortune is the Yoma Mansion. Yep, the good old House of Fortune. Okay, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we will, definitely. So, Um, we start off by seeing a lot of people at this fortune teller in an alley. Well, first off, we start off with with a little bit of a recap by Usagi in this. Oh, that's right. She says, like, I'm Sailor Moon. I'm 15. Birthstone is a pearl. What else is there? My zodiac sign is blah, blah, blah. My blood type is this. Yeah, it's Uh, like... Here's my address and my phone number. Here's my social security (laughs) number. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, it's like... Here's, um... Here's my padlock number for my locker. Here's my p- my pin for my Okay, computer. I think that's a bit much, Jordan. Okay. Um, so she 
So this is going to become a normal thing for the rest of the series. Uh, our, our I show. hope not. Oh, I love it so much. It's classic. But we end up going to check out the fortune teller in an alley. And yep, it's and super popular. Yeah, it is. And and Jada just is looking at this and he's like, foolish humans. Like, it's, it's the most cliche thing that he can say. And he just says it. Yeah. Can we just talk about how Beryl and Jada are just checking this place out and how, yeah, how they're just looking at whatever's trending in the city right now? Yeah, it's like... She has this, like, odd 90s paranormal Twitter. Yeah, seriously. It's like, yeah, if Twitter existed at this time, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's like freaking Ask Jeeves or something. So she asked Jeeves it. <laughs> so she checks with her pals on AOL Messenger <laughs> to God. see what's trending in the city. <sighs> Take, take your pick on which one you want to have. But man, she's just, she has, that is such a, like a weird power for Crystal Ball. My special power for my Crystal Ball is... Social media. What's trending right now? <laughs> oh yeah. my god. So it's that special section on like YouTube or Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then she just, and this is my favorite part of our series so far. And then after like gazing through the crystal, she ends up asking her crowd of minions, like, have you found the silver crystal yet? And then simultaneously in three... Two, one. No. <laughs> it is the best thing ever. It's so good. Just, just like, just, just imagine like, just like you're talking to somebody and it's like, hey, did you pick up the milk? No. <laughs> it's the, just the most like oddly depressed and dejected thing out of her minions. <laughs> so like, I know that they're probably being mind controlled or whatever, or slaves or whatever it's going to be. But I just love the idea that they're also just sad about it. Like, they're disappointed in themselves on top of her disappointment in them. Yeah. And that is adorable and hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after that, we end up going back to Usagi. Yeah, Being back. woken up by Luna. Yeah, uh, and her chicken alarm. Oh, yeah, she has this adorable chicken alarm. <laughs> and, and and so, and when Usagi realizes she's late, she's just like, Luna, why didn't you warn me? Yeah, and, why and, didn't you wake me earlier? And l- the look on Luna's face, she's just like, my God, do I really have to to train this girl? Yeah, Luna is such a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore. She, 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 she is, she is indeed a trooper. She's the real MVP here. Yep. All right. So... She's late for school yet again and gets scolded by the teacher uh-huh. yet again. And then, but... Uh, yeah, and it's like, well, this time Umino is like... Hi, Usagi! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, damn it, Umino. Who does that? Yeah, like, see somebody late for school, it's like, hi there! I mean, to be fair, I mean, I feel like that's something I would do. It's like, hi! That's fair. So both of them are scolded and kicked out of class for a bit. And then... Man, what is up with Usagi and getting kicked out of places? And uh, then later on, we find out um, when Umino's talking to Naru that the good old spiralized here has a crush on Usagi. Yeah, so he's like, "Oh, I need to ask her out," and she's like, "No, don't, don't need to ask her out. You don't need to do that." And it's like, "Oh," and she's like being a real supportive friend by saying she won't say yes or something like that. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I just need to trick her." I'm like, "Oh, no, 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 no! Please don't do that." And then Naru is like, "You need to go talk to a fortune teller." Yes, because when I need love advice, I go to the fortune teller. And then we get to the most sad and pathetic thing that we've seen Umino do thus far. Mm-hmm. He plays a dating game. Oh, I love it. Like, he plays a dating game on, like, some, you know, game Sega Boy Gear Saturn. Yeah, the Sega Game Boy Saturn. It was <laughs> the Sega Game Boy Saturn. Real popular in the 90s. Yeah, the, the Sega... Don't you mean the Sega Boy Gear Saturn? Mm-hmm. Or wait, no, that's the that's the uh, that's the upgraded one, the boy the boy gear Saturn. 
I, I was a bigger fan of the uh, Neo Geo Choir. <laughs> Neo Geo Choir. <laughs> boy. <laughs> Neo Geo Choir Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, My sister was so much luckier, though. She got the Neo Geo Choir Boy color. Way better. We yeah. got Pokemon Red on that. Yeah, dope. I mean, I got, I got the, I got the, the Nintendo Switch, Switch Gear S, three sixty U plus. <laughs> exactly. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I hate this so much. Uh, I love this. Anyways, so, oh goodness. So what was it? Oh yeah. So after being, uh, after Umino's told that he needs to go to the fortune teller. Yeah. Usagi's the one who actually goes to the fortune teller first. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like she's the one going to the fortune teller, but there's not that many people there. There's yeah, literally no line. Yeah, it's, and it's weird because there was a big line before, and so when when she asks what happens, it's like yeah, you know, there's this other place that opened across the street that has the fortune. It's the nearest yeah. hottest thing. So yeah, nobody the, wants yeah, this the, anymore. The good old house of fortune. Yeah, we'll get into that why <laughs> later. Yeah. So she ends up going to this guy, and I and when he actually. Um, does the fortune telling on her at least it's free as far as i can tell yeah but it's so boring it's, it's just like, like it's saying homely. a guy has a crush on you and i think that's one thing we'll get into i really like how teen this is like yeah. she's emotional she's a crybaby she has crushes she cares about feelings and that's something that i really like in comparison to a lot of these high school anime so yeah usagi is told that a boy has a crush on her and she's like Oh, I think I know who it is. And so she goes to this video game store. Yeah, she goes over, which is also like an arcade. Yeah, and we meet this guy, Motaki. And calling it now, Motaki, Motaki's totally Jadeite. Or is it Motoki? Motaki. Motoki? Motaki. Okay. So she goes over to this arcade and sees this guy, blonde hair, real pretty, and you can see that she has like a slight crush on him. They're also currently featuring the new Sailor V game. Oh uh, yeah, it's like, okay, okay, I, I know that we haven't really had a specified amount of time for how long Sailor V's been in here, but she has a freaking video game! Could you imagine? Like, like let that sink in! That was fast. Yeah, it's could, like... Could you imagine it was like, oh, recently in Gotham there's a new Kid Crusader in town. By the way, there's a news version of Monopoly about him. Um, let's see. The Sailor V game, which looks like some kind of, like, weird mix between Mega Man and Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's like Jump and Shoot Gal. Yep. Which I think is dope. I would have loved to play that in the 90s. <laughs> Except it looks very low-tech. It's super low-tech. This is, like, 8-bit is generous. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like negative 5-bit. Way to use that arcade power. Yeah. But then we have, uh, but then we have Luna being, like, trying to lead Usagi out of there because it's like, we need to go home and stuff. Yeah, and the guy's like, oh, I've seen this cat around here before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, just recognize him. And then one thing that I really like is like, yeah, I'll go show you how to go play the game. So he puts in a quarter, he touches her hand, and then he's like, oh, man, this guy has, like, mad game about games. Yeah, seriously. Like, he plays games to get laid. He's crazy <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, if, 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 if we could, if we could, like... I mean, to be fair, both of us have significant others, um, so we don't really need to play games to be good. We just need to be good. To- uh, no, I need to. Like, my partner's interested in me exclusively for my ability to play video games. You do You do realize that I'm going to tell them that you said that, right? Uh, that's fine. They know it. They, they know it? Okay. It's my most attractive feature. Anyway, so we so- then go back to the house of 4chan. Yeah. Umino. Yeah, well, yeah, no. Umino's, Umino's there, but Usagi is planning on going there, but she's like, okay, and she uses her shoe as a coin, and she's, she's like, like, should I go there? Heads, tails, 
Heads I go, tails I don't. And then throws she, in the air. It lands on Mamoru. What is oh. up with things landing on his head? I want things to land on his head every episode until he's dead. Yeah, so like, but a different freaking... a different object each time though. L- like like next time it's the lobster bisque. Absolutely, it's gonna be the lobster bisque eventually. <laughs> um, one of these days she's gonna throw something back. He gets hit by this broken wine bottle from cousin villain <laughs> oh, attacks. No. I don't know a cupcake another day. Just anything that's around. He's yeah, gonna get like one one time she throws her transformation device and it and it hits Mamoru and so Mamoru becomes Sailor Mamoru. <laughs> he throw she throws Luna at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy but yeah it's like yeah he's not happy with this yeah and he calls her bunhead again again and they're both furious but after the whole interaction she does walk away from the fortune and that house. could be a good thing because we see inside the house of Warchan. i mean well this person's doing legit magic because it's yeah. like she's making the cards float and stuff yeah and, and she's doing all this for umino yeah for umino mm-hmm. and like she slips the devil in his in yeah, his the, the devil tarot card yeah yeah, not 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 the not the actual the, devil or the literal devil is canon, and she put him in his pocket. <laughs> literal devil's real, surprisingly small. <laughs> so we have the devil in him now, whatever that's supposed to mean. Yeah, and so then we cut back to school the next day, and and Umino's a dick. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> he 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 comes to school like dressed like a total delinquent. Mm-hmm. He flips up the teacher's skirt, and you see her panties. As mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, we should mention this that this episode was not in the original dub. Yeah, because if you watch the original dub, you'll realize. Oh, I have no idea who this gamer guy is. He just, yeah. like, shows up and you don't know who he is. Yeah, it's like... But this episode was skipped in yeah. the original dub because, you know, you probably can't show these types of things. Yeah, you, you can't... You, you, yeah, the, the, yeah, that's probably a no-go with showing somebody flipping up her skirt to see her panties. I think it was a dress. Or... Was it? I don't remember. Or dress, whatever. Either I don't way, know. it's sexual harassment. Yeah, exactly. And just, like... And then we get to one thing that... Or, and then one she, thing she's that, starting to, like scold him saying like oh how dare you do all these things and like in response trying to ignore her he takes out this whole loaf of bread and starts just chomping on it you see that usagi this is what you were missing you were missing your toast and so you know what umino's gonna make up for it by getting a whole freaking loaf of bread he's gonna eat enough toast like make up for the whole season exactly so he's just like eating this entire loaf of bread which i think is an oddly amazing way to like shut somebody up just hold your finger as if to say wait and then eat a whole loaf of bread and don't respond to them until you're done. My you God. might vomit after, but at least you get to ignore them. <laughs> okay, I'd like to see you eat a whole loaf of bread. I don't think I can do it. Um, way too much. That's crazy you know, you know, I think I feel like this will be the 10,000 subscriber special. J- Jordan eats an entire piece of, or entire loaf of bread. That is like the most boring <laughs> subscriber special in the world. It's like, well, he, he eats bread. Uh <laughs> It's like yeah. only- and it seems to be affecting all the boys in the school. Yeah. So in class starts, you have a bunch of these boys like giving some weird comments around to the teacher with some more sexual harassment because that's what she needed more of when she was already busy crying. Yeah. And then and then they throw rocks. They throw freaking rocks. Oh yeah. So all these boys who the classmates do mention were the ones who went to the fortune house. Yeah, the house of fortune. And that's the reason we end up calling it because we it turns all these boys into like these terrible monsters and these you know sexual these, these criminals hor- these horrible sexual criminals who throw rocks and eat bread yep and they're all just like nerds who've gone too far and then like umino starts to like creep up against usagi and like ask for a kiss and she starts crying and everything like that yeah. they're just absolutely awful people yeah it's like yeah something's definitely up and so luna's like 
Usagi, something's definitely up. There is one tiny thing that reminds me a little bit of, like, Spider-Man 3 in this, because, like, I don't think any of the, We can, like, declare all this is not cool, right? Yeah. But, like, we can just describe all this as what they want to be or what they think is cool. Yeah. And that's what just reminds me of Spider-Man 3 with the, the dancing scene. and like, Oh my hey, god. Hey, you're how right. you doing? Because it's not about being cool. It's about this character being such a loser that this is what they think is cool. And being a kind of a jerk. Oh, yeah. So they're just complete garbage people after going to the house of 4chan. So after Rock's sexual harassment, mean comments, I think it's about time to fix this. Yeah, so Usagi goes to the house of 4chan, and she forgets how to transform. Yeah, so... What? To be fair, she's only done it once. Okay, yeah, but at the same time, you should remember how to do... Uh, whatever. She's only done it once. I think it, we can let that go. Uh, but... Alright, no. so you have Luna just giving the instructions again. It's like, oh, fine, here's how you do it. Uh, one thing that I do kind of like find interesting about this uh, House of Fortune, though, is that it's exclusively guys. Yeah, like, for some there, reason... There are literally yeah. no girls who are interested in fortune telling. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the House of... And yet we see a bunch of women with the fortune teller over there, yeah. but it's like the House of Fortune, there's no... Like, the, oh, there's only guys. There's only high school-age guys. Yep. What? So I just find it funny that uh, women were all over the original fortune teller, a new fortune teller comes into town, now they're interested in neither yeah, of them. It's like, yeah, it's like this new fortune teller with blackjack and hookers. Yep. We go over, she comes in, and is like, okay, I will punish you, you know the drill. Yeah, the, the, the usual, you know. You guys know how it goes. And this enemy goes full Medusa. Yeah, this was definitely interesting. I definitely like the design of this villain more than the one of the other. First episode, she was a shriveled old hag. She was just what the mother looked like, except older and skinnier. Yeah, but this one looks like an actual, like, monster. Yeah, exactly. So, and all the boys are, like, oddly, like, green-skinned zombie-like again. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like, they come in and attack. Unfortunately, no no beer bottle. There's no bottle gets shattered here. Nobody's gonna shank her, which is a shame. I thought that would have been really cool to yeah. keep that up. However, this time, what is a better change is that when Tuxedo Mask comes in, because, yeah, the, the Rose comes in, he actually hits something for once. Not hard, just enough to annoy it. Yeah, and, and well, it kind of stops the zombies a bit. Yeah, they, they just, like... It hits something, they turn around, and he says the most, this is the most beautiful interaction again, which goes, <laughs> yeah, was, what like, did he say? It's like, never give up. Okay. <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> he just leaves. Oh my god, tuxedo mask sucks. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. Oh man, it's like. But we do as we did last time, you know, Destructo Disc. Yeah, Destructo Disc, all the stuff. This time the cards disappear with the dust. Oh Yeah. And then, so yeah, and then, you know, so. she turns to dust, luckily the boys don't, and the dust just fades out. Yep. And then, once again, we cut to school again, and Umino is super embarrassed because of yes. all the bad things he like, did. Oh, I did all those things? It's so absolutely terrible. But, you know, I, you know what, you do terrible things all the time, and you're awful. I should just be more like you. <laughs> wow, what an ass. Who needs enemies when you have friends like these? Yep. And so that's the end of the second episode. And I gotta admit, this episode was definitely a lot better than the first one. Yeah, uh, I, I like seeing... I think one thing that really stands out compared to the first one is character relationships. Oh yeah, definitely, you know, because you get to learn a bit more about Umino. Um, yeah. I guess a little bit about Naru. Well, you get to see how she interacts with um, both of her best friends. Seeing like, oh, oh, and also one thing that we forgot to mention in this is mm -hmm. that... Um, is that her father end up, ends up showing up, and we get to yeah. see, like, interactions with her father a little bit. Yeah. And, like... She has parents. She has parents. Yeah, that's that's one thing, because in a lot of anime and superhero shows, there's, like, 
one or both parents are either dead or missing. Do you think she just traded bread for parents? <laughs> she traded bread for parents. <laughs> That's the reason why she doesn't have any bread. <laughs> when you're an anime protagonist, pick one. Yeah. Breakfast or parents. <laughs> Breakfast or parents. You can't have both. You either go hungry or you're an orphan. Mm-hmm. It's either that or you can like make a compromise and you have one parent. Yeah, exactly. Or like a family friend that takes care of you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so amazing stuff. All right, so that's going to be our... Yeah, it? that's it for the first two episodes, yeah. All right, so that'll be how much we're going to be watching for today. So what do you think of Sailor Moon? Here's the thing, is it definitely shows its age. Yeah. And it definitely shows... Yeah, I I don't like Usagi. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of this pathetic character and... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a bunch of characters that I could name that are in high school that do this a lot better than Usagi that I have seen in multiple anime and multiple TV shows and whatnot. I think one of the big ones we can compare this to is Peter Parker from Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, totally. It's I, like... I think both of them are supposed to have this role of, you know, you're a wimp in high school, you're really pathetic, you're trying to juggle all these aspects of life, and you just can't do it. Except Usagi's not tra- juggling too much. She's just there with yeah. her friends. Um, and then it's about, you know, being somebody else and literally transforming, whether you're putting on the costume or you're putting on the sailor outfit, you're becoming something bigger. Yeah. And I feel that like people like Spider-Man, that they do, that they do things a lot better than, than Usagi and Usagi just isn't an appealing main character to me. At the same time though, the lower your character starts, that means they also have more room to grow. And the problem is that in a lot of these series, you have origin story done growing or you have like tiny tiny arcs here and there but i feel like usagi has a lot more room to grow i guess so but i'll admit getting to riff it was a lot of fun and that's probably the way that i would that i would want to watch the series however watching it on my own without like jordan or one of my other friends to uh to riff it with me that just gets boring let's see but there was nothing that really actually pissed me off there, I'll say this, there are some parts, this definitely looks old, but there are two aspects I'd say this really holds up. One would be, because it had a 2014 dub, all the voices and sound design was excellent. The music was excellent, the voices were excellent, sound effects were excellent, all of it works. And it still kept the original feel of it, which is good, you know, it, it yeah. did feel nice. Yeah. I will admit that. Another aspect I found really appealing was, I don't know if you noticed the art design, like if you look at the backgrounds, all the backgrounds were drawn and really nice and clear. But beyond that, it, it's definitely pretty old. Yeah, I will admit that with the sound design of the Vizda... That, that helped a lot. Yeah, it did help a lot. And that it does look very nice for the 90s. While I do admit that the sound design and the visuals do look really good, I do think that it's aged pretty poorly. I think if I were a kid, I would be absolutely in love with this. But I'm not. So I think there are a lot of appealing things that I can appreciate from this, but... I think that's where Sailor Moon Crystal might change it for us. But we'll see we'll, how that goes. We'll definitely get to that. You know, it's like somewhere down the road. Yeah. So I'm going to have to ask you, zero to five, how'd you rate this? I'd rate it as a two. A two. I, it just feels really cliche and really dumb. I, I'd be willing to watch it again if I'm with friends. But other than that, not really. Because I have such a large anime backlog, I don't see myself continuing unless I'm going to continue to study more Magic Girls or watch more with friends. But I still say that there are so many redeeming parts of it, and I don't think I can call it cliche if it's the one that started the cliches. Yeah, that's fair. And, if anything, 
it avoided a lot of the anime cliches we're talking about in the first place. Yeah, like the like the toast. Yeah. So I'd say I had a good time with it, and I'd give it a 4 out of 5, which means between us, we give it a total of 6 out of 10. Yeah. Now keep in mind, because we go from 0 to 10, we're keeping 5 as a solid average. This yeah. is a nice show. Yeah, it's it's alright. Yeah, this is this was enjoyable. Okay, so now that we got those episodes out of the way, let's go talk about the study session. So, welcome to the study session. And this is where we're going to go find some aspect of anime or magic girls we observed and really double down to actually discuss it. So what's our first topic for today? So today's assignment is going to be localization. And localization is a pretty big deal because the way you see Sailor Moon gives you pretty different shows based off of perspective and the way they chose to adapt it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we see this in a lot of anime when they bring it to the West of whether it's subtle things like English dubbing or whatnot, or if it's more, you know, more drastic. And this can happen with anime, it can happen with tokusatsu, Mm -hmm. it can happen with a lot of things that are brought over from country to country. The main thing about it is that America has different rules for television compared to Japan. Mm -hmm. And I think we mentioned it earlier with the information density as an example. What feels pretty natural to just say in Japanese will seem like these comically long titles over here. So it's this big question of, do you shorten it or do you want to stay faithful to it? I remember in Pokemon, you normally have just a pun, which I'd imagine is... Also, these donuts are great. Jelly-filled is my favorite. Exactly. And like, you know, saying, oh, I love this onigiri here. And like a lot of kids in the 90s in America have no idea what onigiri is. Yeah, but I I feel like with with the jelly donut thing is that it does kind of lessen the value of some of the shows. You know, it's like yeah. with Pokemon, I mean, it would have been fine if they had just said it was Onigiri, you know? They look like rice balls. That's fine. I could, you can have it as rice balls. They really should have just said rice balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, on one hand, localization can go too far and it can make the loss of the original value, you know? Like, for example, with Yu-Gi-Oh, that a lot of character de- development was lost because of how of how certain characters and, and certain name changes. Like, you know, you know that Life for the Sky Dragon was originally named Osiris. It was supposed to be symbolic of Yu-Gi. Yeah. Or, well, Atem. Yeah. And Egyptian and God whole, King. Yeah, Egyptian God King. And how... Even in even in death, that he's still kind of not at this godhood of you know Osiris representing the fallen the fallen pharaohs, mm-hmm. and so and so you change the name like that to Slifer for some uh, dumb reason because of I, because of the executive producer of Yu Gi Oh and uh, Slifer no Slifing. I love it so much. It definitely loses a lot of that value. Yeah, and there are a lot of times in which we can dumb down for the sake of accessibility. Which is a really hit or miss thing. Uh, back in the 90s, anime was like foreign and fancy and exotic. But these days, anime is just part of pop culture. Yeah. It's, you know, it's still not, oh, this is the big common thing all around. But meeting somebody who's watched anime, like, oh yeah, I've watched an episode of Attack on Titan is pretty normal. Yeah. So I don't know if we need to localize as much as we needed to back then. I, I do feel like localization does need to be, does need to be apparent, but it needs to actually work. And you need to figure it out. One of the main things that is talked about is humor, because humor is very subjective. And when you translate humor from America to, or well, Japan to America or America to Japan, a lot of things will be lost. 
One, one good example of this is one of my favorite shows of all time, Kamen Rider W. And in the first episode, when the main character is arguing with one of the side characters who's a cop, the cop superior comes by and he's like, boy, you two are fighting like a dog and a monkey. Now, to most Americans, that would be lost on us. That we would be like, shouldn't it be a cat and dog, you know, compared to a dog and a monkey? Mm Because nobody will get that. Yeah. Or you can say, or people might get it and just like, okay, that could have been said better. Yeah, it's like... It's one of those moments in which it's translation versus how faithful do you want to be in it. And I feel one of the main things that does need to be translated is when they have Japanese wordplay in like puns and stuff. Because... Another another good example is uh, Zuden Sentai Kyoryuger, which is the adaptation, for, which is the original for the adaptation Power Rangers Dino Charge. And how both of them handle the Blue Ranger is very different because you have the Blue Ranger of Kyoryuger, and he is very much making a lot of these puns. Of course, since it's in Japanese, a lot of us don't understand those puns. However, when you move to the Blue Ranger for Dino Charge. He's funny in his own way, being this caveman in modern time. And so mm-hmm. him kind of being a bit dense when it comes to learning these new things, it's a lot different of a funny compared to the original Blue Ranger. Absolutely. I think other examples, you mentioned about wordplay and humor. And I think here's a really modern example of how this ends up working out. And it's My Hero Academia. Really? And there's the uh, best boy Bakugo. When everybody's choosing their superhero names, he goes like King Murder Destruction or something like that. Mm. And one of the problems is that over in Japanese, it actually is a good melding of a bunch of words together, like with his own name, explosion, and kill. Yeah. But in America, he looks like this like uncreative edgelord over here, which is a real shame because he's actually an intelligent character, but we don't get to really reflect that because of the nature of translation. Yeah. And we are kind of afraid to change the names because the more changes to names and story we make, the more it deviates from its original source. Yeah, exactly. One of the main reasons that localization still affects the idea of Magic Girls today is because if you look on Netflix, we have Glitter Force. Oh, yes, Glitter Force. My friends will tell you about Glitter Force. Now, it's not my place to say if it's good or not without having watched it myself, and I will get there. It is a Magic Girl series. But hopefully not with me. I don't care. It's it's gonna be with somebody. But with Glitter Force, it's based off of one of the many, many, many Pretty Cure series. Yeah. And it was adapted by Netflix and they changed By Hayam Zaban. Yep. And they ended up changing um, you know, the theme song and changed its title, which are already some pretty big parts. Yeah. Uh to, you know, make it's one of the very few times we actually get to see things be localized in the West today. So it's still relevant. And if we're going to get more um, Pretty Hero series, and I personally think we should have more localized Pretty Hero series. Yeah, it's like s- some of these shows, like, like for example, I had mentioned Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, you know. Super Sentai, it is adapted as Power Rangers, and that's good. But, but it's fundamentally different. It is fundamentally different. And I would love to see the same thing happen with Kamen Rider. And it's only been done twice and one of them to very negative reception. Yeah. So when we end up having our Magic Girl anime sent to the West, whether if we get to turn it into cartoons or we just get to take the footage and turn it into our own American series, it's a pretty big deal on how we localize it. Do we want to keep the spirit alive and stay faithful to its original? Or do we want to make sure it appeals to a Western audience? Or do we want to make sure it fits in with a Western audience and just say, oh, they're not in Japan, they're... 
They're in America right now, and everybody has American accents. So we have more Pretty Cure series that I would love to be on the way because some of these are really appealing. And I think for young girls, they really should watch this. Growing up, we got four kids and this deluge of shonen series, right? I mean, four kids isn't exactly the best way to get these. I mean, nowadays we have better distributors i mean mm-hmm. arguably a lot of people have issues with crunchy roll but i digress but when you had four kids and adult swim having their anime with toonami it was a really big deal because this is some of the only ways that some people got introduced to anime four kids and toonami whether you love them or hate them they were the perfect gateway for the 90s yeah. do we need that gateway today though with crunchy roll and easy internet access it's a lot harder to say, but we still want these series in the West. You know, this is something that I did go into with some friends on Discord that one thing that I went over with my friends on Discord that I talked about mm-hmm. is regarding with TV and it becoming slowly obsolete mm-hmm. and it being, you know, more of a more of a novelty type of thing compared to it being really important because nowadays we have all of these different streaming services yeah. and you know, it seems like a lot of TV is just kind of useless now. Yeah, back in the 90s, the only way to get anime was just you had to go find it from special traders who have their own fan dubs, or you watch, you know, Toonami and 4Kids. And if you're a kid, you're not going to be spending a large amount of money to get these bootlegs and fan dubs. You're going to watch 4Kids, and that was the way to do it, and it worked. Yeah. And here's another thing to keep in mind for localization. If Pokemon wasn't localized the way it was, I don't think it would be the hit it was. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, actually, that brings me to another point that I have, is that with localization, one of the things that definitely changed was the English dub, or that they did did theme songs in the English dub. That's a thing that's lost today, outside of Glitter Force. Well, there are a few anime that still do it. Pokemon still does it, of course, but, you know, they haven't really done that, done well with those since... Gen 3. That's a lie. I don't know if you've heard the Sun and Moon themes. They're incredible. As you mentioned, Glitter Force also is one. And then the only other one that comes to my mind is Cardfight Vanguard. Yeah, and I recall in that one, they translated, but they didn't make an original theme. Yeah, they didn't. Well, they did for some of the ending themes, okay. but, but they never did it for original opening themes. And much to the detriment of it, because they sound kind of bad. Like, happy, cheesy, bad? Yeah, happy, Power, cheesy, friendship, bad. let's do this bad? Yeah. Oh, I love it. But, you know, it's definitely something that is very remiss, because, you know, some of the some of the songs are really good. You know, stuff like the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX opening, and hell, even the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Cra- brings a Your smile to my move. face. <laughs> it's time to do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do! So, we want to go bring over a lot more Magic Girl series into the West, but how we want to localize it matters. Because if you look at Pokemon, Pokemon ends up having so many drastic changes. They made their own theme song with Jason Page, which ends up being, a, you know, one of the biggest hits ever. Yeah, it's like whenever I'm at conventions, I always just try and sing the Pokemon theme song to and, see if anybody... And like, you're going to get, you know, half the entire crowd is going to sing along and say, yes, we love this. And the other half is, oh God, I've heard too many nerds do this. <laughs> And the other thing that's gonna, that was really important with the dub is how much they chose to really dive in and be weird with it. If you compare the Pokemon dub to the sub, they have massively different dialogue. The jokes are different, especially in the early seasons. And they have each title with a pun. Yeah, they have, you know, very American puns with it. 
and even the names of every single character has changed. Well, almost every single character from Japanese to English is a straight-up different name. You don't have your Satoshi or Kasumi or anything like that. Yeah. You've got Ash, Missy, Brock, etc. Yeah, and those being very common American English names made them so easy to remember. And having them in Japanese names, I don't think would have stuck as well as kids, especially without as much anime exposure as we do today. Yeah, I feel that it, like in, t- in today's culture, you can get away with it. Yeah, because th- that was the 90s when it was a lot harder to access. That was lightning in a bottle. But today, with Crunchyroll and the internet, anime is bigger. But I don't know if it's every kid knows anime and all the aspects of anime bigger. Yeah, so the big question that that I have is, how far is too far with localization? Is there too far? Yeah, is there too far? Because here's Well, the- what do you think, Jordan? I don't think there is, because if you think about things like Glitter Force, Zatch Bell, and Pokemon, they definitely worked and had their audiences. And we can go, you know, be brutal against Glitter Force all we want right now, but it wasn't made for us. And if I were watching Zatch Bell or Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! today, and I never saw those shows before, I'd call them bad or stupid. But Glitter Force is something special that's being brought over here, and if it is to a new girl's audience, I'm really wondering how Glitter Force shows as a response to actual little girls, or even little boys. Yeah, you know, certain shows that are targeted for girls have a really big all-around following. Look at My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, that, you know, it had a very big following for both men and women of all ages. And Sailor Moon, and Steven Universe. Those shows have potential, and I'm really wondering what's going to happen if Glitter Force has a chance, if we're going to get, like, I don't know. Glitter Force 2, Electric Boogaloo. Well, uh, a lot of the Pretty Hero series are um, separate from each other. So it'd probably be Glitter Force GX or Glitter Force 5Ds or whatever's next. <laughs> but we'll get, I would love to see new seasons of Glitter Force because I think Pretty Cure is a perfect series to translate and localize. Yeah. And that wraps things up. So Silver, any final thoughts? Um, overall, Sailor Moon is okay. Don't get me wrong. I am excited to see what happens with Usagi and in getting to meet the other Sailor Scouts, but... Sailor Moon is fine. It's 90s nostalgia. You have any thoughts for yourself, Jordan? No. <laughs> no. no. All right. I think that's going to be it for me. So where can they find you? Oh, yes. You can find me. I have my own channel, Silver Maxis. Um, I don't really post too much stuff on there. I, I post a couple of Let's Plays, but where you'll really find me is on the YouTube channel, The Toku Roundup, where me and my and my good friends on Discord, we're all talking about tokusatsu, talking about the newest news when it comes to tokusatsu, and the latest episodes of Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, which... Recently, we're starting up with talking about Kamen Rider Zio, the newest Kamen Rider series. Okay, so they can probably start from there. Yeah, and so if you're interested in Toku, um, come drop by. And thank you, Jordan, from Cuttlefish Productions for having me on. Yeah, you can find me on Cuttlefish Tweet on Twitter. Cuddle as in the embracing action. And on Cuttlefish Tweet, I'll go pretty much tell a new joke every single day. So if you like comedy for some reason, go check that out. Anyways, that's been the Senshi Study. Class dismissed. Dragonite, 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 tonight. All of us will sing together like we're best of friends. Moonlight, starry skies, firebirds, tonight. Let's dance, everybody, until the sunrise. You still have not found the legendary silver crystal? No.
still here? Um, well, uh, Sailor Jordan says, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever, rate on iTunes, or share it around. Tune in next time, where everything changes and we learn to fall in love with the series, only on Senshi Study.